Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. Today, I've got one of the usual guests back on the show. We're going to be talking some college hoops. Lil Mike is here joining me tonight. Mike, how you doing? Ryan, I am fantastic. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I cannot lie, although I am still reeling from one particular result in the college basketball world yesterday. Uh, you know what that is. I know what that is. I don't feel like speaking about it because we'll never get to the end of it, but we probably will touch on it here in just a little bit. All right, let's move on to the Pac-12 as we roll on here with our conference tournament previews. The Pac-12 has of late been a conference that has been lacking in death per se. Sometimes they're top heavy, but overall they're not usually one of the conferences that puts out the most conference or puts out the most teams to the NCAA tournament come March. And I think we've got a pretty much similar case here yet again, Mike. Arizona has fully reemerged as a national power. They went 28 and three this year en route to a Pac-12 regular season crown. And they're currently ranked number two in the polls. So they have been an absolute monster this year. And, but the problem is outside of them, there's not a whole lot going on. USC and UCLA, they're both top 20 teams. UCLA came into the season with massive, massive expectations after their final four run last year. USC, after their very nice tournament run, also had some bigger expectations. And I think for the most part, both of those teams have lived up to it. Maybe maybe not as much so for UCLA, but both of those teams have, have performed admirably. But after those three, there's not a whole lot here. It's it's the conference of champions is kind of looking thin for selection Sunday. Cause I don't think anyone outside of the, t- the three ranked teams is going to hear their name called. So Mike looking at the pack 12, what do you think? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, going to be honest, it's kind of, it's kind of what you expected. Those three are good. Everybody else stinks. Uh, you, you, you said it perfectly. It's, it's a top heavy conference. You know, a little, a little disappointed in Oregon. Uh, they, yeah. usually, they usually try to sit up there and make it a four, four-way group, but I guess they're going with the theme of every power conference had to have one team disappoint this year, and they were it. So, um, you know, it, it's a three-bid conference. Everybody kind of knows that going in. And it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how much they care, those three care this week, and who really, really wants to win the whole thing. Because I think Arizona – it's a little bit heads and shoulders above the other two. And I think they, they have a case to be the best team in the country. Um, But because of all their weak games played in the conference outside of playing the other two ranked teams, you know, we'll see, you know, Arizona is probably a lock for a one seed at this point, but uh, if if they don't take it seriously enough and they were to get upset in the first round by some shitter, they could maybe fall to the two line Uh, and maybe UCLA or, or um, USC could jump to a three if, if they make enough damage. I don't know. They have stuff to play for seeding wise, but that's that's really it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Oregon. They that's another team that started the season as a preseason 
top 20 team that completely failed to meet expectations. And this for a while, they had been sitting on the bubble and of late, they have just completely played themselves right off of it. So they're kind of looking like they almost have to win the auto bid to win it. I don't even think getting to the conference championship game and upsetting, uh, upsetting Arizona in the semifinals will be good enough. I, I don't think adding one win will put them over the top. I think they need multiple. And if they get multiple wins against the top three, that means they won the PAC 12 auto bid. So pretty much, I think it's, it's all or nothing for the ducks here. And if they don't get the auto bid, I think they're toast, which is really tough for a team with as much talent that they have. And for them to go 11 and nine in the pack 12 is kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really just a massive disappointment for them. I mean, there's just, there's, there's no real excuse. I know there's still the five seed in the conference, but like it, just just not good enough for a team with the expectations that they have and, and the bar that they've set for themselves. You know, for, for them to even finish below Colorado, who's usually like one of those, you know, really good but not quite elite teams, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's unacceptable. I mean, just 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 not good enough for them this year. It, they, they should have been up there and and they flopped. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if they – if they can go out and make some noise this week and earn themselves an auto bit. Otherwise they're probably an NIT team. Yep. Now give me Mike a potential matchup of interest here. I know there's not necessarily a lot to choose from per se, but if you had to, what would be a potential matchup here in the PAC 12 tournament that you would be looking forward to seeing? Well, because the conference sucks, I gotta get, I gotta be cheap here. Um, UCLA USC in the semifinal matchup, uh, Arizona pretty much has a clear path to the final and it's pretty clear that they're going to get one of those two teams if things go according to plan, but those two are going to have a dog fight for the right to face Arizona and earn themselves a better seed. They also have pretty clear and easy paths to facing each other. Uh, but, but when they get there, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who wants it more and who cares more about, you know, their seeding for the succeeding week. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that plays itself out. Yeah, that was going to be mine. So I feel like I have no choice but to go with the a different one. And as much as I wanted to go with USC and UCLA, because the Trojans, before this past Saturday, had won five straight over the Bruins before the Bruins finally got one over on the Trojans at home. I think I'm going to just say for the hell of it, Oregon, Arizona in a potential semifinal matchup, just because that means that Oregon has given themselves at least a chance. They've, they've beaten Oregon state in the first round. They would have beaten Colorado and added maybe a quad two win, maybe a quad one win. I don't know where Colorado sits in the net rankings off the top of my head, but that would be a half decent win to, to add to the resume. But that would mean that they've given them at least given themselves a chance, a fighting chance to get a crack at Arizona and potentially a shot at the auto bit. That really seems like outside of your matchup of USC UCLA, the only real, matchup of interest prior to the conference championship. 
but yeah, I'm 100% with you. I would love to see USC, UCLA get another, another crosstown rivalry, get its own trilogy. Just, uh, gonna ask if they do play for a third time that the turnover margin not be so lopsided. I think UCLA had one turnover yesterday compared to USC's 15. And that was pretty much the ball game. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see them both play to their, their capability and to see how that would actually play itself out on a neutral court. That, that would make it interesting. Now with this being such a top heavy conference, there does run the risk that there could be some potential dark horses. I don't think there are really any bubble teams, but you could see a dark horse here. Kind of like we did with Oregon state last year, winning the PAC 12 tournament and punching their auto bid ticket. Is there a dark horse that you think could actually turn some heads in Las Vegas this week, Mike? You know, I'm going to be brutally honest. No, um, not, not to be a buzzkill or anything, but I think this, this conference is just like the, the big 12, the big 12 had a top four, the Pac 12 has a top three. It it's those, it's those three are bust. Nobody else really, really has it unless maybe Oregon or Colorado could steal a game against Arizona and force their way into the, into the conversation by getting to the conference championship matchup. But even then, I don't think they have enough to beat Arizona and one of UCLA or USC. It, I just, I don't see it. It's, it's going to be one of those three teams. They're just the better teams in the conference, in the conference. I know there's been more parity this year, but that's been among the top teams. And I think when you have something to play for and you know, your season's on the line, I think that those three are going to want to want to come out and show that they are every bit as good as they've been all year. So it, to me, it's those three are bust. Honestly, I would tend to agree, but I'm actually going to go ahead and play devil's advocate here. I do think Colorado has a, a decent shot here to wreck a little bit of havoc. And that's calling a power five team with a top four seed in its conference tournament, a dark horse that probably seems ridiculous to most people, but that's just where the PAC 12 is uh, because the Buffaloes aren't expected to be in the at large conversation come selection Sunday. But here's where I play devil's advocate. The Buffaloes are coming in winners of seven of their past eight of those seven wins. One of them happened to be a win over Arizona. They were one of the two teams in the PAC 12 that was able to knock off the Wildcats. So if they can get their double, double machine, Jabari park, Jabari Walker, (laughs) Jabari Parker, I got Duke and, Oh God. Anyways, if they can get Jabari Walker, who's been averaging 15 and 10 for the Buffaloes to continue his double, double ways, then maybe just maybe Colorado can wreak a little havoc in Vegas and mess up a potential Arizona versus some team from Los Angeles in the PAC 12 championship game. But otherwise I'm with you. I don't see anyone that can really do any damage here because Oregon's just flailing completely and I don't see them turning it around. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. It's just, you know, may, maybe Oregon or Colorado um, is a te- technical is a dark horse on a technicality, but it, it's just, it, it's, it's tough, man. It, it's, it's tough. tough. It's tough. Uh, I think we're both going to be in agreement here. I know you said that we were 
not, you were not going to pick. So I will let you pick the PAC 12 winner first. Is it Arizona? It has to be right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Arizona. I, they're just better than everybody else. Benedict Maturin's a monster. They've just been clinical start to finish this year. They're, they, like I said earlier, they got a case to be the best team in the country. It's, it's just, they're, they're just a hard team to pick against, man. They're really good. Yeah. I, I like me some Johnny Juzang in the gang down at UCLA and Isaiah Mobley is no slouch at USC, but Arizona's rise to prominence and just their overall dominance this year has been crazy to see. And I don't foresee it stopping in the PAC 12 tournament this year. I expect them to pretty much run through up until the conference tournament championship game. They'll probably get a close game there, but I I don't foresee them losing at all this week. So I will, I'm going to have to agree with you and take the Wildcats to win the PAC 12. Let's move down to sec country where it's actually been one of the toughest leagues. Everyone knows it as a football baseball conference, but sec basketball this year was actually pretty good. You've got another potential number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft in Jabari Smith. He led his Auburn Tigers to, to its fourth sec regular season title. The second under head coach Bruce's Pearl's reign at Auburn and looking at the sec, it definitely seems like a four team conference. There are some, a couple of other teams that, will likely make the NCAA tournament that are kind of in the middle of the pack, but it definitely seems like the four teams with the double buys are the perennial favorites here or favorites, I should say. So that being Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas. So then Mike looking at the sec, what kind of thoughts you got here? Um, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a four team conference, but I think you can even, Divvy that up further into two tiers. I think Auburn and Kentucky are dominant, ridiculous presences that have just been among the best teams in the country start to finish. And then I think Tennessee and Arkansas are a slight step below them where they can hang with them, but they don't quite have the talent to necessarily match up with them. For They'd have to really be on their game and have the other teams be off their game to, to completely dominate them. Um, they can take them, but I don't know if they're – in that same breadth as those two teams, I think they're still really good. I think they're probably three or four seeds, but the, the, those top two are two seeds, maybe even a one seed. If the, if if Duke were to lose in in the ACC, then I think one of them likely ends up with the last one seed. So, um, y- you know, I think after that, it's pretty meh. I mean, there are a couple of good teams, like you said. Um, like I, I think the team to watch this week. It, uh, being LSU, um, you know, c- kind of average conference record, but I think it's like you talked about earlier. That's decent in this conference, given how tough it is. They probably beat up on some crap teams and lost the games that they were supposed to lose. Uh, they did just beat Alabama by three um, recently. So, I, I, and with a with a twenty win season, you know that th- that's a pretty pretty good mark for them. Uh, I I think that they, if there's a team outside of the top four that, you know maybe does something, maybe it's them. I don't know. They'll, they'll be interesting to watch because they, they seem like they have some, some seating to play for, as I've been saying all day. 
Yes, they've they've got a decent little profile together. They've beaten the likes of Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida, but most of those were all at home. They've they've definitely kind of struggled to do anything outside of the home confines, as noted by their three and eight record away from home. Uh, that being said, they have beaten some good teams, and they are showing up in the brackets as somewhere in that eight, nine range, I believe. Uh, Oh, I misspoke. Uh, They're actually showing up as a six or seven in a lot of the mocks. I don't know where I don't know where I got eight or nine from, but they've actually, they've been in and out of the rankings a lot this season, not so much of late, but LSU definitely with the five seed in the sec tournament, they're going to have a little bit of a trap game slash warm up tune up in the form of either Ole Miss or Missouri before they get a crack at Arkansas. That's definitely something that they'll want to take advantage of, but at the same time, it's not something that they need. They look to be pretty solid going into the NCAAs. So they're going to be just playing to improve seating and try and win a conference championship. My team to watch for is actually Alabama. I know you mentioned that they lost to LSU and that's just kind of the season Alabama has had. They were also nine and nine in conference play 19 and 12 overall is kind of kind of iffy, but five and four versus ranked teams, but only three and seven away from home. So the story of Alabama is kind of like a, a seesaw. They've just been an an, an entire enigma to watch. One week, they're beating Final Four contenders in Gonzaga in Houston. Next, they're losing to teams like Memphis and Davidson. Good good teams, mind you, but still, like, fringe tournament teams. Davidson should probably win the 8-10, so that'll be a moot point. But I digress. On On one hand, Alabama beats the likes of Tennessee, LSU, and Baylor. But then they lose to Missouri, Georgia, and Texas A&M. So the question for me is, what version of Alabama is going to show up? Are we going to get the version that can beat any team basically in the country as shown by their wins over Baylor and Gonzaga? Or are we going to get the version of them that just completely basically craps the bed and is capable of losing to anyone in this league. The only Georgia one in 17 in sec play, but they beat Alabama. So I, I I'm very curious to see which version of Alabama shows up this week in Tampa, because with all of their inconsistent play, it might be neither. It might be the fact that they just cannot, that we, we might even get to see both versions in Tampa. So I, I'm going to be watching Alabama with a close eye for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny you talk about them. I'm going to segue, and I know we typically do this after the matchup thing, but they're my dark horse um, because, like you said, they have beaten some really good teams this year. They kind of have a crap record for all their for all their great wins, but they've beaten three of last year's Final Four teams. Not only did they beat Gonzaga and Baylor, they beat Houston too, beat them by yeah. one point. Like, they've got they've shown that they can hang and beat these really good teams. But then again, they gave Georgia a win. Like, what? Georgia's awful. They're the Georgia <laughs> SEC, but they somehow won a game. 
because Bama just falls asleep at the wheel sometimes. I I can't really explain it. It you know, it's 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 tough to say, but like if there is a team outside of the top four, it's them because they they've shown that they can take those really, really good teams and beat them under the right circumstances. So, you know, if they wake up, they, they could make a little noise. I mean, it's that they are the team that, that if somebody is going to do anything, it's probably them. There's a reason that you get past the top four and there's only one team ranked and it's them. Yeah. I, I would have to concur with you on that one. I mean, I, I will say that my dark horse is going to be Florida, but this is, this is more of like a gut feeling just because the Gators are so desperate. They, they just seemingly come up short in every single marquee matchup that they've had, except for one, they, they took advantage and actually won one game against a ranked team uh, in the conference slate. But other than that, they have just, a string of close, narrow losses to all the good teams in their league. And that kind of showed up again when they had Kentucky at home and they let it slip away from them at the end. So they, the problem with Florida is they struggle mightily from three. They only have one player shooting above 35% from three this season. However, they do have Colin Castleton, who's averaging 16 points a game, nine rebounds, and two and a half blocks a game. The problem is one person, especially a big, can only take you so far as a team, especially in this day and age of basketball. So Florida is going to have to really turn up their their shooting from distance if they want to make any sort of run here in the SEC tournament. If they are able to beat Texas A&M in the 8-9 matchup, they will get another crack at Auburn. But they basically have to make it all the way to the SEC championship game. Anything short of that, there is no way they are going to hear their name called. They're being commonly listed as one of the next four teams out of the field, which means one win might over Auburn could be enough to turn things around, but it also might not be. So I think if you're Florida, you almost have to get to the SEC championship game. Maybe you don't have to win it. Obviously at that point, you would just love to win it and make it a minute point. But I think if you're Florida, you not only have to win at least two games to have a chance, you probably need to win three games and get to the, conference final in order to feel good at all about your chances of making it as an at-large team. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. It's they're in, they're in a pretty tight spot right now. Um, You know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to show out this week or they are probably playing in the NIT. And uh, you know, that's a tall task given, given how strong the top four is, but you know, I'm, I, I think they had a big upset win. Was it against Kentucky or Auburn? I forget which one it was. Uh, I thought they beat one of the big two. Let's, uh, let's double let's check. A, I'll take a quick look. They, I, I beat, they did beat Auburn. Yes. They yep. had that upset win over Auburn a couple weeks ago. Yep. So, I mean, and, and their most recent matchup against Kentucky, they only lost by eight. So it's not like they can't hang. Um, they, and, you know, with that, with the win and the close loss, they've shown that they are capable of being in those games. But 
you know, still a tall task when these teams know that they're playing for their lives. Mm -hmm. All right. My potential matchup in SEC is kind of a chalk one. And it's, I just want to see Auburn and Kentucky play again. They only had one matchup in the regular season. And in order to get a rematch, they would have to meet in the conference championship here. But in the regular season matchup, Kentucky guard, Ty Ty Washington, he got injured early on. And I just want to see Kentucky at full strength play Auburn and see what happens because not only would they be playing for an sec tournament championship, they're probably playing each other for a potential one seat because I think the winner of that would have a, a pretty decent shot at a one seat. I think Auburn, I think Kentucky needs it more than Auburn, but I think if Kentucky were to get it, then they could make the case for a one seed uh, if they were able to beat Auburn in the SEC championship game. But I definitely want to see a rematch of it because we didn't get to see the full 100% healthy version of Kentucky in the first time around. Yeah. You know, I would love to, to push to disagree with you here, but I can't, it's that everybody wants to see that. And that's the matchup that, that we all deserve to see. Um, I mean, it's, they're the two best teams in the conference. They're two of the best teams in the country. Not only the full strength thing, but just Oscar Sheewe versus Walker Kessler is just must-see television. Um, two of the most dominant bigs in the entire country. Um, and, and just the opportunity to see them go at it, I think, would be would be great for everybody and it'd be great for the sport. So, you know, hopefully all goes according to plan and we get that matchup next Saturday. I think it's Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, I think it would be a Sunday matchup. Uh, I think the SEC does wrap up on Sunday. Oh, they're one of those crap conferences. They're one of those like crap conferences that waits until Sunday to finish their tournaments. Yeah, they're they're one of the assholes that does that. But um, in the Big Ten, got to stop that. Yeah, not a fan of it, but it is what it is. Uh, it is. I, I'm glad you brought up Oscar Tshiebwe. It it was kind of criminal that we hadn't brought him up. He has just been an absolute machine. I know we love to use that term with other people in this zoom lobby, but Oscar Tshiboy has just been absolutely phenomenal. A beast on the boards leading the country in rebounds at like 16 a game or something like that. He's averaging 17 points a game alongside of that. It's, it's just, he's been just unbelievable. The best offensive rebounder in the country by a country mile, the best rebounder in general, for sure. And honestly, if, if he can wrap up the SEC tournament with a championship, he might be, that might put the stamp on his player of the year resume. So is that your pick then? You taking Kentucky? You know, I want to, but I'm not. I, I actually like Tennessee and I know in their game against Arkansas yesterday, they raced out to like a 24 point lead around halftime. And then they almost completely blew it. It was a one point game towards the end, but they ended up pulling it through. I really like Tennessee's guard play. They've got this guy by the name of Ziegler, who is just so crafty with the ball. Uh, 
and they've got some shooters. They've got a couple of guys shooting 40% plus from three and they're very war proven. They're six and five against ranked teams this season. So that's, that's 11 games against top quality teams. They were undefeated at home, a winning record away from home. They're coming in on a four game win streak, having beaten the likes of Arkansas, uh, as of Arkansas, as well as Auburn, they picked up a win over them. They've beaten Kentucky within the past month. I just really like what Tennessee is doing of late. They're also top 30 in the country in assists per game. So I just think this is a well-oiled offense and they've got a track record that I can put some money on. So I, I would bet on Tennessee to win the SEC. That's, that's, that's a safe bet to make. Um, I'm also not going to pick Kentucky, but I'm going to go with the boring pick and I'm taking Auburn. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Jabari Smith earlier, averaging 17 a game, seven rebounds as well. He's got a legit shot to be their one overall pick. Also would be remiss if I didn't mention UNC transfer Walker Kessler, who in 25, 25.6 minutes per game this year is averaging four and a half blocks per game. <laughs> per game. Like, that's disgusting. I, I, I mean, that's, that's just unfathomable. It, yeah. It's so impressive. But, you know, getting to see him and, and Shibui go at it would be really cool. Um, getting to see how, how that would play itself out. But I just – I think they're the better team. I truthfully – I think they're the best team in the country this year. And I think their their inside game is as good as it gets. And I, I, I just think they're going to be a bit too much for everybody to handle. I – Honestly, I wouldn't surprise me in the least if Auburn uh, ran train in this SEC tournament, but we'll agree to disagree on the winner. Finally, let's wrap up our conference tournament previews with the Big Ten. Now, as we stated earlier, the Big Ten is still wrapping up the regular season, so the bracket has not been finalized. As it stands right now, Wisconsin has a half-game lead on Illinois for the Big Ten crown. Illinois plays Iowa in a top 25 showdown later tonight as we record on this Sunday, March 6th. If Illinois were to win, then the Fighting Illini and the Badgers will share the Big Ten title. The Badgers, for now, at least have a share of it. If Iowa were to take down Illinois, then it will be all Wisconsin's for the taking. Uh, with a lot of the seating still up in the air, don't know who's ex- quite exactly going to get the double buys here in the Big Ten. We know Wisconsin, Illinois, as well as Purdue will be three of the four. Uh, if Iowa wins, they'll be the fourth. If they lose, I don't know if they'll win the tiebreaker with Rutgers and Ohio State to get that fourth double buy. So there's a lot still in flux here in the Big Ten. That being said, This is probably one of the deepest conferences and probably the conference that will send the most amount of teams to the NCAAs as it has in year past. So Mike, looking at the big 10, what are you, what are your thoughts? Um, You know, once again, deep as usual, Uh, it always seems to produce four or five ranked teams going into, into the NCAA tournament. And they'll probably all be 
at the very least five seeds, if not higher. So most of them will probably be higher than that. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing that really stands out, Michigan's not that good. I mean, for them to finish seventh in the conference after having one of the preseason National Player of the Year candidates in Hunter Dickinson, and with all those expectations, it, it, it they just suck this year compared to what they were supposed to be. It's they were a massive disappointment. I just just not good enough from them overall this year. Yeah, that's another team where they were massively ranked high in the preseason, and they just never quite found themselves at any which point this season. They they might have picked up a nice win here or there. But a two and seven record against ranked teams is not good. They also have a losing record on the road. That's also not great. 17 and 13 overall is also kind of just really disappointing all the way around. Nothing, a whole lot you can say there. My team to watch is also from the state of Michigan, but it's Sparty. Michigan State, they have gotten cold at the absolute worst time they have lost seven of their past nine heading into the big 10 tournament in indy this week including a road loss at penn state i'm not saying penn state is terrible but they're not good and they're not even close to being that good so that's a bad loss and that's that was michigan state's second really bad loss in big 10 play they also lost to northwestern so Northwestern Penn state got both of their only wins against ranked teams over then ranked Michigan state team. So not a great look there. Michigan state plays Maryland. Uh, I believe later tonight, if I do recall. Uh, so if they were to lose that, that would mean they've lost eight of 10 going into the big 10 tournament. And if they were to then lose again, in a presumptive first or second round matchup. However, the bracket shakes out Tommy's squad could be sweating out selection Sunday, which is just an asinine thought. If you had brought that up like a month ago, uh, they, they were looking like a, like a five or, or, or a six seed somewhere along those lines. And now I know they're showing up in brackets as like a seven or an eight, but typically when you're so bad, like when you are, when you are really coming in ice cold to the NCAAs, you better have an outstanding resume of wins and quad one record and whatnot. And realistically, Michigan state only has a win over Yukon and a win over Wisconsin to their name. Uh, they did beat Purdue recently as well. So I guess they got three of those and that's pretty much what they're hanging their hat on, but they need to turn things around and quickly. Otherwise, not only will they be putting their seed uh, at risk, but they are potentially putting their tournament hopes on the line. If they were to completely lose out here. Yeah. I I would tend to agree with that. They are, uh, they, they should be better than they are too. They're the whole state of Michigan was just a massive disappointment this year. And, you know, they, they, they kind of have a lot to play for. So Tom is Tom is our t- coach teams typically don't disappoint, but uh, they, they have this year for sure. And if they don't step it up, 
this week, um, they probably aren't playing in the succeeding weeks in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that whole situation turns itself out. Now, realistically, if they, if they beat Maryland tonight, which they're playing currently right now, then then forget that I even had that discussion. They'll, they'll be just fine. This is, this only applies if they lose tonight to Maryland and then they lose in some second round matchup, whatever their, their first game in India is, which will likely be against somebody like Maryland again, or Indiana and not, again, I'm not a good loss to take. So, but if they, they just realistically, they just need to end this losing streak by all, whatever means necessary. Uh, once they do that, I think they'll be fine. They just need to get to 20 wins and they'll, they'll be fine. What's let's, I know we don't have the bracket in front of us, but Mike, what are two teams in the big 10 that you hope cross paths in Indy later this week? You know, I'm going to be honest. I want to see Michigan play Illinois strictly because I want to see Hunter Dickinson versus Kofi Coburn, the two biggest, baddest dudes in the conference going head to head. I want to see, you know, if they're right now, I think Michigan is booked as the seven and Illinois is the two. Um, So they, they do. If Illinois loses tonight, um, they would be in line for a quarterfinal matchup. And I would be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Illinois has been the better team all year. Michigan does have, you know, a lot to play for and they have the talent on their roster and both teams run, you know, the same style of play running through the guy inside. So I, I'd love to see how, how that matchup would, would play itself out uh, in Indiana. My matchup also involves Illinois, but I want to see them play Ohio state. And this is kind of like my matchup that I wanted to see in the sec tournament with Auburn and Kentucky when Ohio state and Illinois played each other in their lone matchup, both players were laboring through difficulties. You had Kofi Coburn who had arguably his worst game of the season. He had like, I think he was five of 15 from the field. If so he had like 15 points on 15 shots. He ended up fouling out. It was a miserable game for him. One he would love to forget. Meanwhile, on the other side, you had EJ Liddell, He had 21 points and six boards, but he had to play the entire game with the flu. And he was highly questionable to play at all going into that one. So uh, it was a close game. I want to see a rematch between those two dominant forwards slash big men and see when fully healthy, who is going to come out on top because Kofi Kerbin, we've, I went ad nauseum about him last year going into the tournament. I thought him and Io Desumu was just too good of a duo to do anything but make a deep run. Obviously, that didn't pan out. But EJ Liddell is also another dominant forward down in the post who is no slouch in his own right. And I think both of these guys are capable of leading their teams to deep runs later in March. I... I just want to see those two go at it again. Like you said, with your pick of Dickinson and in Coburn, I want to see Coburn match up potentially again with Liddell. Yeah, that, that, that would be a fun one. Um, I, I, I do think Ohio state, you know, it, they're a really good team. Um, they've shown that they can, 
they can play with anybody too, even though they're they're ranked what twenty three. Yeah, I I I think that any there are just so many matchups that would be fun. I I, I think it's just hard to pick one in particular because there's just so many good players and so many good teams. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of them. Let's let's quickly pick a dark horse or a bubble team that we like to make a a deep run or is we think is most likely to make a deep run here in the Big Ten tournament. Does any team in particular stick out to you, Mike? I'm going to give you an interesting one. Indiana. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is probably the most underrated player in the conference and forgotten really good player just because Indiana's kind of sitting there a little bit lower at, as a nine seed. Um you know, but you know, he, he is as good as it gets. He can hang with just about all these guys stands at six, nine, two forty-five, averages 17 and eight a game with two blocks, you know, and they're coached by, uh, I think Mike Woodson, who's a former NBA coach. So yes. they, they've got some experience on, on the sidelines as well. They're, they're not a pushover. They're not Woodson won't allow them to get pushed over and they have a guy who they can run everything through that. That is usually a rep, like a recipe for success. And, while it's a tough conference and there's no such thing as an easy out, um, these are college kids. And if a team falls asleep against them, it, they could end up regretting it. Yeah. I, I don't hate that pick because Indiana, uh, outside of the fact that they had some, some in-house team issues earlier in the conference season, uh, they actually have, have played fairly well. It's just they ran into some issue where they had multiple guys sitting out for violation of team rules or something, and it kind of set them off on a losing streak that they haven't entirely bounced back from. Uh, That's why they're showing up to be on the bubble sort of as one of those last four in, first four out, somewhere in that range. Uh, So this is going to be a big week for Indiana. Uh, Right now, if the season ended they would be the nine like you said playing it they'd have to play a warm-up game against nebraska who actually just beat wisconsin earlier today so they wouldn't be able to really take that one uh, for granted but assuming they were able to beat nebraska they would get a bubbleish matchup potentially wish michigan state in an eight nine game that they would desperately need a lot more so than Michigan state. So Indiana definitely is a team that needs to make a bit of a run here. Another team that I think is capable of making a run. That's kind of sitting somewhere on the bubble is Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights, they got real hot for a stretch where in four consecutive games, they beat a ranked Michigan state team at home, a ranked Ohio state team at home, one on the road at Wisconsin beat Illinois four straight ranked teams that they beat to get themselves into the bubble mix. Now they have some issues where they haven't played very well on the road that Wisconsin win is really the only game of note that they won on the road as seen by their four and nine away record. And they haven't played a neutral site game all season, but when you're, when you prove that you can go on a run like that, who's to say you don't do it again in the big 10 tournament where you're going to be facing similar level of competition day after day after day. So 
I think Rutgers has shown that if there's any team that's sort of a dark horse on the bubble that might be able to make a run at this, I think it's them. It's just whether or not they can tap into that part of the season where they, they were just shooting lights out. Yeah, they, they're giving off Alabama vibes in terms of they have it in them, just don't know if they're going to show up and and put up, put it all out there. If if they do, they can hang with anybody and beat anybody, and that's a great dark horse pick. But it's a risk because it just might not happen. Yeah. All right, let's 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 wrap this up with our winners. Though, Mike, who do you have in the Big Ten? I'm going to go with Illinois. Um, you know, I think they – I, I, I like them. I, I think they're probably the oh, – you were going to pick Illinois too, weren't you? I could see your face. Uh, you'll see. Oh, I'll see. All right. Well, you know what? Um, there's a lot of good teams, but only one team has Kofi Coburn. Uh, he is just an absolute monster inside. He's probably the largest college basketball player I've ever seen. Um, and Andre Carbello is a really good point guard. I know kasunmu has gone, but Carbello can hold his own back there. Um, I, I really like their capability and – uh, I think they're going to show their their quality this week in the tournament. I I couldn't help but laugh because we we both picked them last year and uh, that was the only one we got right. So uh, you know I can't blame you for double dipping and uh, riding with them again. I am actually not going to pick Illinois to go back to back in the Big Ten tournament. I'm going to go with Ohio State, and it pains me to say that. I I like what Ohio state is doing down the stretch run. And I'm just calling it now. I think EJ Liddell is going to have a monster week in Indy. You hear it here first. So I I'm going to go with the Buckeyes to put a stamp on their resume and take home a big 10 tournament crown. I think that's going to be it here, Mike. Is there any sort of bubble notes or anything else uh, you want to say here other than the usual two-word phrase? Um, well, you know, um, I'll give you three notes. The first will be, uh, I hope Gonz- I know we covered the power teams. I hope Gonzaga loses this week because it's always fun to see them lose and they play no one and it would be funny if they lost. Uh, the second is I hope Memphis finds a way to get in. Um, I know they're a bubble team right now, but they have talent. Uh, I want to see Bates and Duran play together in the NCAA. I think that would be really cool and really good for the sport, especially since they're both future NBA players. And the third is the usual two-word fa- phrase, fuck Duke. Classic. But uh, back to point number two, Memphis, I believe, beat Houston today. So uh, to get a season sweep of the Cougars. So – Memphis looks to be trending upward at just the right time. So I think you're going to get your wish on that front. And yes, I am with you 100%. I'm very much down to see Gonzaga lose. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen because if they get St. Mary's in the final, they are going to play pissed off. Yeah, they are. So I I don't know if I uh, would put much stock into that. Uh, but I think that's going to do it here for this edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. For Lil Mike, I'm Ryan Brown. We'll see you next time. Go Duke. Not fuck Duke. Go Duke. Thank you very fuck much. Fuck Duke. Fuck Duke. I hate it here.